So today's reading is taken from John chapter 13, verses 1 to 11. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. (coughs) Sorry. The son of Simon Iscariot to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not only just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he had said, not everyone was clean. So, to begin with, I'd like you to turn to the person next to you, and I would like you to say, just very quickly, off the top of your head, five ways that you are blessed. Okay? Five things. They could be possessions, they could be something through your body, they could be anything. Five ways, five things that you are blessed by God. Okay? Go. This should take you about ten seconds. Okay, that should be enough time. Things that you are blessed with. Here's the question, though. Are those things that you just mentioned, are they really yours? Think about those things that you just mentioned. Are they yours or not? Today, we're looking at this topic. What we receive, we treat as ours. Think about some of those things you mentioned, and we're going to come back to those uh, a, little bit, a little bit later on. What we receive, we treat as ours. And sometimes it can take big things in our lives to realize actually how much we are blessed and the things that we have, the things that we have uh, received. I, I heard a, a, bit, uh, heard a story uh, this week uh, about, um, well, a member of our congregation uh, who's, uh, who has a family member um, who uh, has had a little bit of a disaster uh, in their life. Um, they, uh, they were away from their house uh, for, uh, for, a, for, for a few days, and uh, they were contacted, uh, I think, by the, by the postman uh, to say that uh, the postman had noticed water coming out of, uh, underneath the front door of their house. And uh, this person was like, okay, right, went over to the house, opened this door to discover that the, the tank in the roof had uh, sprung a leak, and uh, had uh, come through the house, through all the roofs. Uh, there were a number of ceilings in the rooms that had all, all of a sudden caved in, and pretty much everything in the house was damaged or beyond repair. We're talking books on shelves, we're talking loads of DVDs, we're talking uh, this person loved collecting records, we're talking everything in the house just destroyed, just like that. And as I was thinking about, thinking about this, it made me think, well, actually, what do we have and what do we hold and how would I react if that happened to me? And actually, what are the things that I would be 
not too bothered about? And what are the things I'd be desperately sad about losing? What are those things are mine anyway? A very, very small part of me thought, do you know what? In some ways, I've got a lot of rubbish in my house. <laughs> you know? In a very small part of me thought, it'd be quite nice to have a bit of a clear out, you know? <laughs> Sounds like a bit of an extreme way to do that, but anyway. But then again, you think, but all those things, all those memories, all those things, it, and are they, really my, are they really worth anything anyway? And it just, just got me thinking about, about the whole thing. What we receive, we treat as ours. That's the topic uh, for today. And um, the first point about, uh, is exactly that. What we receive, we treat as ours. I'm just going go to go to the passage. You've gone to the next couple, couple of slides on, uh, Dan. Um, we, um, this is the, the passage we've had read, let me, let me put it into context for us. Um, this is the Passover and the Passover uh, happened uh, every year, uh, and, and it would have been in Jerusalem. Jesus, uh, with his uh, disciples, would have gone down to Jerusalem uh, for, uh, for this Passover. And uh, the Passover, it, Jesus was a rabbi, and it would have been a key moment, I guess, in the year uh, for uh, the rabbi and, uh, and his disciples. It would have been a time where um, they would have um, looked forward to seeing, what's Jesus going to say this year? Uh, at the Passover uh, feast that we're sharing together. What's he going to say? You know, he had a great message last year. Let's see what he says. Let's see what he says this year. Um, you can imagine the disciples getting very, you know, growing anticipation as to what Jesus was going to say. Um, and, uh, the, but more than that, the disciples have been with Jesus for maybe three years now, and they would have slowly begun to realize, hang on a minute, this guy Jesus, he's, he's a bit more than a rabbi. We think maybe he's a very special rabbi, or even some of them had even made that jump to say, could he be the chosen one? Could he be the Messiah? The disciples also would have been aware of the growing uh, opposition to Jesus uh, going around Jerusalem, their, their, uh, their kind of um, run-ins with the, with the Sadducees and with the Pharisees and with the Herodians and with, all the, and with the others, the leaders. And you can imagine the disciples thinking, this is coming, this is coming to a head now. Something's going to happen this year. Something very special is going to happen year, this year. And we as the disciples are going to be right at the front of it. Yes, I can imagine them being a little nervous, maybe a little scared, but certainly at this point, I can also imagine them saying, right, we're ready. We're ready to be Jesus's, uh, Jesus's kind of, you know, his, his right-hand people as we go forward and into this wonderful new revolution. Come on, comrades. I wonder if any of them had begun to think, do you know what? I'm quite special, actually. I've been chosen. I've been one of these chosen disciples. I've been with this guy, Jesus, the whole time. Yes, I've got the ear of the Messiah. And when he comes into his kingdom, well, I'm going to be up there somewhere. It's all going to be great. Yes, I've got influence. I've got power. In fact, we, we actually know that the disciples began thinking like this a bit. Do you remember that passage about the disciples debating or arguing on the road? Who's the greatest and Jesus said to them, guys, you've got it all wrong. You've got it all completely upside down. Remember, there's a passage where James and John get their mum involved, talking about Mothering Sunday. James and John get their mum involved, and their mum goes to Jesus and says, when you come into your kingdom, could you think James and John, my sons, could sit at your right and left hand? That'd be really great. And the other disciples were indignant with them, mostly because I reckon they forgot to ask first. They're thinking, oh, damn it. We can see the disciples getting a bit, you know, twitchy sometimes with Jesus, with the tax collectors and with, and with people kind of in um, uh, living lives that they thought were unclean. Oh, gosh, is this, is this the right way forward? You can see them being confused about it. And I wonder sometimes if we do the same thing as the disciples. The disciples found themselves in positions of power, in positions of authority, and they ended up assuming 
This is something to do with us. This is something to do with us. This is ours. What they found that they had, they treated as theirs. I think sometimes we tend to assume that what we receive, we've earned in some way. Oh yes, well I've worked very, very hard uh, and uh, that's why I've got into this, uh, this university. Or I've worked very hard and that's why I've uh, got this money. Or I've been very, very good at uh, doing this and that's why I've got this pension. Or it doesn't have to be about money actually. I've, I've done very good at this and that's why I'm such a good musician or I'm uh, so good at this or I'm a really good uh, at that or I found myself in this position of authority or power or whatever it might be. And we assume it's to do with us and what we've done. I was talking this morning uh, with, uh, with Anna uh, about this and both of us were reflecting on the fact that so much of the blessings that we have in our lives really are nothing to do with me. I'm very blessed to be, uh, in fact both Anna and I are very blessed to come from families where both our sets of parents are still married. Um, where uh, I, I grew up going along to church. I grew up with a good, ed, you know, going, a good education. Parents who encouraged me to work. They gave me lots of other experiences and had financial means to go on holidays and things like that. And I'm and, and thinking, wow, that's wonderful. But there's a temptation for me to, you know, to say now, well, gosh, I've made it where I am because I've made myself. And I've done this all myself. But of course, that's a complete load of rubbish. So many other people could have been in, uh, you know, would have done the same thing in my shoes, and I could be in a completely different position if I didn't have the blessings that I had. So much of the blessings that we have, we didn't earn them. Sure, we, we're stewards of them, and we, you know, there are good choices and bad choices, but we didn't earn them. They were a gift, they were a blessing. But then, even then, sometimes if we see things as a gift and as a blessing, sometimes we still think they're ours. Oh, okay, I see that that's a gift, I see that's a blessing, but actually it's mine, and I'm going to keep it, thank you very much. Think of uh, Smeagol, or Gollum, in Lord of the Rings. One of the amazing things, uh, I, I, I love the story of, of Lord of the Rings, but this, this ring of power that gave the owner of it great power, great wisdom and skills and you know, whatever, but the problem with it was, and this was Sauron's trick, was that it, it, what it, it, it ended up, uh, just the person who had it ended up fading inwards, being so totally inwardly focused because it's mine. It's mine. What we receive, we can just treat as ours. But Jesus presents a different way to do things to his disciples. He says, no, what you receive, it's not yours. And let me show you how. So, Jesus, when he probably knew the situation there with his disciples, and uh, uh, he, uh, we, we're told that this, we've got these amazing verses in verse 3. We're told that he realized who he was. He knew who he was. He realized that all power and all authority had been given to him. And then he goes on to do something. We're told that he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and that he began to wash his disciples' feet. Now, uh, I'm sure for many of you, uh, you may well know the, the, the cultural implications of washing people's feet uh, at, that, at that time. Um, that actually at that time, people, it was a very hot country, people would have very sweaty and smelly feet, uh, they'd often wear sandals and so stuff would go all over their feet, kind of the muck uh, that was around. There was no sort of nice drainage system in the streets, people used to throw their refuge, refuse, refuge, whatever, out uh, onto the streets. People would come into the house with their feet stinking. 
And that meant that actually the lowest of the lowest servant or slave in the house would come and wash people's feet before they came in. We were really struggling at staff meeting as we were talking about this to think of a modern-day equivalent. Um, we, we, well, you might be able to think of some. We struggled, we struggled to do it. Um, we did come up with one, but I'm not sure I mentioned it in, in public. Um, <clears throat> well, it was... Uh, well. <laughs> you had to wipe someone else's bottom. <laughs> now, partly that came to mind because I am, a fa- I am in a phase of life with little children where I do end up wiping little people's bottoms. But, you know, thinking about particularly about nurses and, uh, and others uh, who do that for their, for their jobs, and particularly when people don't appreciate it, there's actually something, again, really, you know, ser- servanthood about, uh, about that. And that was what Jesus did. He went to his disciples and he washed their feet. But the interesting thing about this is that we're given a little insight into Jesus' thinking just before he did it. Sometimes we have Jesus' miracles and we, we, we don't quite know what Jesus was thinking. Um, you know, he heals someone or he has an amazing teaching or, 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 or something and we kind of have to work it out. Here we're told explicitly what Jesus thought just before he did it. Verse 3 says this, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So... He got up from the meal and washed his disciples' feet. Anyone else not quite get the link there? He realized he was the most powerful person in the world, that he was God, and so he washed his disciples' feet. He took the nature of a servant, of a slave, and served them. Wow. What he knew that he was blessed with, he used to serve you see, in this world, we, what we receive, we treat as ours. And we hold on to, it's ours. In the kingdom of God, what we receive, we use to bless other people. In the kingdom of God, what we receive, is an, it's an opportunity to bless other people. And you know, this isn't just the message of Jesus. This was the message of Israel all the way back. Uh, this, was the whole, this was, in fact, the start of Israel. When Abraham uh, was called uh, to start the nation of Israel, God said to him, uh, I am choosing you because you are so special. No, that's not what he said. I'm choosing you because you're the best human around. No. He said, I'm choosing you, I'm blessing you so that you can be a blessing. I'm blessing you so that you can be a blessing to others around you and the other nations around you and throughout the history of Israel they kept forgetting this oh yes we're special because we're we're chosen because we're special we're chosen because we're special no you're chosen to be a blessing to be a light to the other nations uh, around you ultimately this is seen in Jesus who had all the power in the world yet chose to bless and to serve and that is the kingdom of God and that is the kingdom that we are called to that all that we have all that we're blessed with all that we're given do you know what? We just, it's just on loan. It's, just, it's for us to steward. It's for us to steward well, not for ourselves, but for the glory of God. Let me tell you about a, a story about a friend of mine. Um, he was a friend who uh, I, I knew him, um, well, a big change happened in his life when he got married. And I knew him before he was married, where he didn't have uh, a lot of money, wasn't particularly well off, had been in the army and um, had come out of the army, um, and I got, got to know him, and he was, uh, you know, generous with his time and with his energy and with his money, but, you know, he was kind of a, about like a, a normal, normal kind of person. Um, he then got married, and he ended up marrying um, the, uh, the daughter of 
the, of one of the guys who had set up one of the biggest food industry businesses in the UK. Now, I'm not going to tell you which one, because um, I don't want to give that away. But he ended up marrying someone who had inherited a huge wealth. So uh, this person, uh, he, he was slightly, I remember talking to him about it, and he was slightly blown away by, well, what do I, what do, I do with this, all, this newfound responsibility uh, that I have? I'm not used to this, and I've got all of a sudden all this money to look after. He, his wife um, had never been particularly interested in looking after the money, and just, you know, so was very happy to say, well, you know, now she got married, well, could you, could you manage all this for me, please? So all of a sudden he found himself with this huge portfolio, and I, I should say, I'm not just talking a l- millions, I'm talking multi-multi-millions. And um, he has been a really example to me of someone who has been extremely generous with this. And that actually all those lessons that he learned about when he didn't have very much, all of a sudden he's incredibly generous uh, with this money that he has. Stewardship, uh, which is a charity, that look, a Christian charity, that look at giving and, and, um, and encouraging people to give. Uh, I know I give money through, uh, through stewardship. They run a weekend uh, basically for very rich Christians. <laughs> to go away together, to talk about how can they use their wealth to be a blessing. Because sometimes having lots of money is difficult to be a blessing because actually when you invest in some things, you think, well, I, I, where's the best place to invest? How can I best use this for God's glory? If I invest in that, are they going to become over-dependent on me? Is that actually a good thing to invest money? And I don't know. And it can get complicated. You may say, well, it's easy for some. But it is, you know. And actually, he's someone who's really, really blessed very, very, and, and very, very generous with it. Occasionally, I'm jealous of him. <laughs> Occasionally, I think, ah, oh, it would have been nice if Anna had had a bit more money. <laughs> <laughs> but then I realize, actually, I'm not sure I would have been as generous as my friend. And that possibly God knew that this guy was going to be generous and therefore blessed him with lots because he'd been faithful with what small stuff he had before and that he's in a place to be generous now. I don't know. Now, you, again, you may be saying, well, Grant, okay, that's fine for that. That's not me. That's not me. You know, I don't have huge multi-millions or whatever. But each of us do have stuff. We've said over a number of weeks, and this is not meant to make us feel guilty, but we are in, you know, the top 1%, 2%, whatever it is, of the world's, you know, richest people. The fact that we're here, the fact we have clothes, the fact we have a shelter, the fact we have sit in a warm place, the fact we can come and drink tea and coffee... We are blessed with things, whoever you are, and we are called to be generous. We're called to see what we have, not as ours, but something that we steward. Something that we have to give away. I, um, I've got, uh, I know over the last few weeks people have been giving away uh, money from the front. Um, so, uh, but I don't know if you noticed that each week it's got less so we started with £50 and went down to £10. Last week it was £5. I have £1 here. <laughs> and as I picked this up this morning, I just, it made me think, how, how did I get this pound? How, how did I get this? Is it, is it mine? Is it not mine? How, how, how did I receive this? Did I earn it? Did I do something you know, particularly nice to get this? Or was it just part of my life? And I, I just remember I was pondering it and thinking, well, actually... But, the danger is that we take money and we just hold on to it. And we say, this is mine. But actually, God calls us not to live like that, but to live like this. I've actually got two pounds. I forgot to give one out the first service. <laughs> God calls us, and we, we looked at this last week, an image of what we hold in our hands. 
that actually we give. And we, we need to live like this. And it does not mean necessarily that there are times in our lives when it's right to save. Times in our lives when it's right to, in some ways, look after ourselves. Because sometimes we have to look after ourselves in order to look after other people. But we are called to live with open hands in front of us. Saying, God, thank you for what you've given me. Let me, show me how I can use it to be a blessing to others. And if you take it away, that's fine. But thank you for what you've given me. So, first of all, we receive. What we receive, we treat as ours. Number two, what we give, we're blessed to be a blessing. Finally, we change. Jesus goes to sit down uh, after he's, uh, he's washed the disciples' feet. And you can imagine all the disciples' eyes being on Jesus. You know, what, I, what a great start to his talk, you know. He's got everyone's attention. All eyes are on Jesus as he goes to sit down to speak to his disciples. What's he going to say? I wonder if the disciples were feeling a bit embarrassed. Oh, none of us washed each other's feet. Maybe we should have done that. I wonder if any of them thought, well, none of us washed Jesus' feet. Who washed Jesus' feet? I don't know. We're not told. Jesus sits down. All eyes are on him. What is Jesus going to say in response to what he's just done? He says this, verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, returned to his place, and said this. Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. But now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. We're blessed when we give, well, we're blessed when we bless others with the blessings that we have. We are blessed when we bless others with the blessings that we have. Jesus is calling us, he called his disciples, and he calls us to be part of his new kingdom. Not a kingdom of scarcity, where we, ha- where we hold on to everything that we have, but a kingdom of abundance, where we say, everything you've blessed me with, God, do you know what? I want to use it to be a blessing to other people. Just a few uh, little uh, examples. Um, I, I don't know if anyone recently has come across uh, the hashtag uh, proud of aid. Um, in, um, this, this, if you like, is a bit of a good news story about, uh, about, about Britain. Okay? I know there's lots of, kind of negative stories going around, but this is a bit of a good news story about Britain. Uh, in 1970, uh, the UN uh, set out a challenge to all countries that uh, they should be giving uh, 0.7% of their spending to go on aid. Okay? So it said to all countries, we want you to give 0.7% of your spending to go uh, on aid. And in 2013, the UK became the first G7 country to meet this target. The government at the time then passed into law that actually whatever happened to future spending, 0.7% had to be given away in aid. Uh, in 2013, only five other countries, all much smaller uh, in terms of economically than the UK, only five other countries uh, had achieved or exceeded uh, this target. And uh, recently there had been big pressure on the government uh, say, and on you know, the civil service to say, look, we're really struggling uh, financially. Do we really need to be giving this money away? Surely we shouldn't be giving this money away. And uh, hence this been a kind of counter campaign, this hashtag proud of aid, basically saying, hang on a minute, we should be proud of, not, not in a bad way, but proud in a good way of the way that we are able to give money away. And as a country that we have been able uh, to do that. I remember back to, I, 
I remember Jubilee 2000s uh, a while ago uh, now, where there was a big thing about cancelling uh, the debt uh, for poorer countries. And again, my memory of it is that the UK led the way in that and cancelling the debt that was owed to us by some other countries. Now, of course, some of that debt was caused because we hadn't been very nice to those countries <laughs> uh, previously, so probably we should have done it earlier. But it's a start. <laughs> and actually saying, okay, what have we got? How can we be uh, a blessing? I should also say I realize that there are lots of complicated things to do with aid and that actually in various ways aid is maybe not spent in the right way or not put towards the right things. And so I'm not trying to say that that's all wonderful at all. But what I am saying is that it's a good start, I think, for us uh, as uh, the UK. How can we be uh, a blessing? Tash mentioned earlier about Christchurch trying to be a blessing with Congo. How can we be a blessing in terms of the resources that we have uh, to there? Christchurch is not a church that's blessed with lots of financial resources, but we do have some. And one of the decisions that we made on the PCC Away Day was we wanted to increase our giving over the next couple of years to organizations outside of ourselves. And we want to increase giving uh, to Congo, but also to other charities around in Chester. We support uh, the Food Bank, we support um, Street Passers, we support the Light Project, we support the CU, um, a number of different things. We want to, we want to increase that uh, over, the next, uh, over the next few years. Again, how are we blessed? How can we be a blessing? One story that I, uh, I mentioned, and if, in fact, this, if you've been to any wedding where I've preached, you will have heard this story, okay? So I'll be, I'll be very brief with it. Um, but uh, when Anna and I uh, got married, uh, we uh, were going round uh, John Lewis, and uh, we had one of the. Uh, uh, we, we were putting together a uh, a wedding list uh, where people buy stuff for you, and we had one, a zapper, and you basically went around on John Lewis, and when you zap things, they appeared on your wedding list uh, online. And uh, some people might find that really fun. Uh, we hated it because there was a sense of we don't really need all this stuff. Why are we buying all these extra plates when we got chipped ones at home? You know. Do we really need this toaster that boils eggs? Right. Come, and have, come and have a demonstration if you want at the vicarage. But all these things, do we, do we really need this stuff? And I remember we, we sat down and had coffee, and, and the thought that we had that changed our mindset was, hang on a minute, we're actually not buying these stuff, just, this stuff just for us. We're buying this stuff so that we can be a blessing to the people who come into our house. And actually, the people who are buying this, we're going to look forward to when they come over to our house, being hospitable, serving them food on the plate and the fork that they bought us or whatever, or whatever it is. You know, we've got these things to be a blessing to other people. And that really changed our mindset. The things that you have, the things that you're given, blessed to be a blessing. It's a bit of a difficult question, or it can be a painful question sometimes to ask yourself, but to really ask yourself, what do I give? What do I give away? How do I bless other people? Do I bless other people? Talked a few weeks ago about what we measure controls us. Physically measuring sometimes how much of your finances you give away can be quite interesting to do. How much of my finances do I give away? How much do I give to church? How much do I give to other charities? Do I give anything at all? Now, it's not all about finances, because obviously there are people giving so many different ways. With their, with, uh, people give with their time, with their energy, with their campaigning for various things. We had a camp, people were campaigning for A21, uh, anti-slavery thing, uh, a while back. You know, people give in that way as well. But it's interesting to ask, how am I being a blessing to my neighbors, to the people around me, to the church, to the world, to worldwide? And I'm not suggesting that we should go and give away everything. God might be calling you to that. But I'm not suggesting that. Actually, we all have stuff to give away. 
if you have any luxuries in your life, any luxuries at all, then you, you, you have spare capital to be able to give away. One of the uh, things uh, I read this, uh, this job uh, advert online, which I think uh, is a really good example of being, a, being blessed to be uh, a blessing. Here is the job advert. This job has a mandatory 135 plus hours a week and requires the job holder to be on call at all times of day, day or night. Qualified candidates should have a knowledge of psychology, medicine, personal finance, culinary arts, and basic technology skills. The job has a physical requirement, the ability to stand for hours, lift up to 75 pounds, be consistently, constantly moving, and operate on little or no sleep. Apparently, this article says 24 people applied for this job. (laughs) And were rather surprised when they were told in an interview that the job was being a mum. I, uh, just on Mothering Sunday, for me, I think one of the th- examples of blessing, being blessed to being a, blessed to being a blessing, is actually when we think a lot, of our, a lot of our mothers. I know that we all come from different situations and different contexts and maybe have different experiences of, of, of mums and our motherhoods, but actually, you know, there is, a, for many of us, a sense of self-giving from our mums. And I've seen it both with my mum and uh, with Anna uh, as well, uh, that, that actually of real self-giving, giving, giving. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm blessed to give. And I think there is an example for us in that and motherhood uh, in general. But not just for our own kids. One of the things that uh, Tash said earlier on is that in some ways all of us are called to motherhood in some ways. Might sound a bit odd, but you know, that actually, uh, as a church community, we are all, there are people who all of us can serve, both here in the community and our neighbors and, and others as well. How are we blessed to be a blessing? How are we blessed to be a blessing? Final thing, okay. How do we really do this? One of the things that's that's, that's difficult is that we say all these things, oh yes, yes, what I have is not mine, it's for, it's for others. What I, what I have, yes, it's, I want to be a blessing for others. But so quickly, we, our hands close and we say, actually, no, this is mine. I'm not sure I can quite give that up. Why do we hold on to things? I think it's because we're often afraid. Afraid we might need it. Afraid we'll become less powerful, less secure, have less influence. How do we break that? How do we break that sense of, you know, I, I, this is mine? I think the answer is we must see our identity and our value not in what we have, but in something else. It's a story of the, uh, in the Irish potato famine uh, um, many, many years ago when there were many people really struggling in Ireland uh, to live and starving. And uh, many of them were struggling to pay uh, their rent to their landlords. Uh, let alone, well, and, and eating. Um, and uh, many people wrote to their landlord saying, look, we just can't pay. We can't pay this at all. What, what, I mean, what, what are we going to do? And there was one landlord, uh, Canon Andrew Robert Foster, who was, uh, no, Fawcett, who was a member of the clergy. And uh, he wrote back to his, he, he received letters. He received letters from, his, uh, from, from people uh, renting uh, the land, basically saying, look, we cannot pay. Uh, we cannot pay. What are we going to do? We're starving to death. He wrote back and he said this. I can't possibly let you off your debts. It would set a bad precedent. They must all be paid 
in full. P.S. Enclosed is something that I hope might help your situation. And enclosed was a check for far more than they needed to pay him back. Considerably more. God, though, for us, didn't just send a check covering our lacking. He sent his son to pay it for us. In Philippians chapter 2, it says this about Jesus. Jesus, who did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped or something to be taken hold of or something to be used for his own glory. He had all the power in the world, but he didn't consider it as something to be used for himself. Instead, we're told, he humbled himself, taking the very nature of a servant, was obedient to death, even death on the cross that we might be saved in order that we might come into that kingdom of abundance. Ultimately, in order for us to be a blessing to other people and to be free to do that, we have to be served ourselves. And that was what Jesus said to Peter. He came down to wash Peter's feet and Peter said, no, not me, you can't wash me. And Jesus said, I have to. Unless I wash you, you won't be clean. Unless I wash you, you won't be, have the power and the strength or the, the internal whatever to be a blessing to other people. In order to bless others, we need to first know how much we are loved and our identity is in that. And that frees us, releases us to live in God's kingdom of not of scarcity, but of, of abundance. I'm going to pray for us uh, in a moment. There are just in the next and the final slide, just a couple of questions for us to think through. Do I treat what I receive as mine? Or do I treat what I receive as an opportunity to bless? I read those questions earlier. I'd actually, in some ways, like to change that first question. Not do I treat what I receive as mine, but I think inevitably there are things in our lives that we do treat as ours and that we're desperately holding on to. And that God is asking us to say, look, come on. There's freedom in abundance in my kingdom. If you're able, when you're able to open your hands and say, Lord, this is yours. Let me pray for us. And then, um, and then Tash is going to lead us as we respond. Heavenly Father, we're so sorry for the times when we take what you have generously given to us and we hold it on we hold on to it purely for ourselves when we hold on to it even crushing it Heavenly Father I pray that even today if there are areas of that like that in our lives that you want us to change I pray may you show them to us and by your Holy Spirit may you be beginning your work within us that we may become people of generosity people who are known as we may become known as people who are a blessing to others. Thank you for all that you give us. Teach us and lead us by your spirit, we pray. Amen.